When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove. Today joined by Chris Woff. We're also doing a Facebook Live. Um, we're going to talk about the fixtures uh, for the new Premier League season, which has just come out. Um, an interesting start for Newcastle. Quite a daunting task, Chris. Uh, but nonetheless, I suppose we do have to play everyone at least twice this season. So you might as well get the, the tough fixtures out of the way. Do you want to dive straight in and just tell our listeners and our watchers here on Facebook Live um, just about the opening kind of eight or ten fixtures, really? Yeah, I mean, for those who haven't seen them, Newcastle United will start the new season at home again, again against North London opposition, but this time it's not Spurs, as has been the last two years. Arsenal travel to St James's Park. It's going to be on Sky Sports. First game confirmed for TV on the Sunday afternoon. So it's Arsenal up first, another difficult start. First away trip, Norwich City. Newcastle had Cardiff City away last season, newly promoted then. Kennedy missed that last penalty. So that's a that's a that's a opportunity for Newcastle to hopefully get some points on the board. But then it it, it is a difficult run. They face five of the top of last season's top six inside the first nine games. So they've got Spurs away. That's a new trip for everyone early on, the new stadium. They've got Liverpool away, Man United at home, Chelsea away. So there's some difficult fixtures in there. I wouldn't say it's quite as difficult as last season, start of the season. I think Arsenal, if you were to pick one of the big six to play, they'd probably be the one you'd pick at home. And there are winnable games in there, the likes of Norwich, Watford at home, Brighton at home. But it is still difficult and Newcastle need to get on a positive start this season because we saw what happened last year when they couldn't get any momentum all early on. Very difficult fixtures. They went 10 games winless and that basically meant they were in a Premier League relegation battle until they secured safety in April. You mentioned uh, the momentum that they failed to get in the first 10 uh, games. But you many would say, well, actually that momentum should start in pre-season. We had the Fulham game, a fantastic end to the game, like the Chelsea game the season before. Um, brilliant way to end the season um, and then we've come into another pre-season where that optimism and that posit- positivity is is quickly evaporated and we're now here with Rafa's contract ending at the end of the month uh, the fixtures have been announced it should be a time of happiness and your fans really should be looking forward to the new season beginning it's come around really quickly and they're just not you look at the social media you look at the comments we're getting um, and understandably they're frustrated they're worried about their club they're worried about Rafa and like the Fairs Cup anniversary was earlier this week what should have been a time for celebration was again what, what's happening in the current day what's happening with Rafa what's happening with the takeover and it's it, it's sad to see in many ways yeah I mean I've written a comment piece for this afternoon where I've sort of said basically all of what you've just gone through there the only thing that's certain now when Newcastle United have some clarity now they know they're going to face, face Arsenal the uh, first game up, they know roughly who and when they're going to face each of the teams home and away. Those games are subject to change for TV, obviously, but the, the outline for next season is, is mapped out, is scheduled, but they don't know if Rafa Benitez is going to be in charge. They don't know if Mike Ashley is still going to be owner, and it was notable today that there was no comments from Rafa Benitez 
uh, alongside the release of the fixtures. Not many Premier League managers did today, to be fair, and last year Newcastle didn't have any quotes from Rafa Benitez either, but it seemed like the perfect opportunity for Benitez to come out and speak. But at the same time, there's only 17 days left in his contract. He may not be manager come that Arsenal game. He may not be the person navigating Newcastle United through this run so it's so frustrating it's more than a month since last season ended but the 2019-20 season as far as the Premier League is concerned this is their big launch the, the fixtures being announced this is their big launch last week they reset the tables this week the fixtures are out and at the moment there's very little clarity in Newcastle United bar the fact that we now know when they're going to face teams in home and away but is Rafa Benitez going to be manager which incomings and outgoings are going to occur this amount all significant transfer businesses on hold until that's resolved and obviously the takeover saga as well is dominating things and so nobody from Newcastle United has spoken publicly since the end of the season the only thing we had was Rafa Benitez uh gave a little statement alongside the players being released last week but other than that there just seems confusion and uh, uncertainty at St James's Park a lot of people there um or a few people on the comments here for the Facebook live asking, you know, we don't really care about who we're playing, what's happening with the Rafa, what's happening with the takeover, but it is all, it's a collective, isn't it? Because right now what Rafa would love to be doing would be sitting there and thinking, right, this is the best way we can beat Arsenal, this is the best way we can beat Norwich, we can take on Spurs. But he, I mean, he, he can't plan any further than, than the 30th of June, really, can he? He can't, no. I mean, Newcastle's pre-season, the players returning three weeks today for pre-season training. Um, at the moment, we don't know if Rafa Benitez is going to be the manager for that uh, they play a match I think it's five weeks time is the first uh, friendly it's only n- eight or nine weeks until the start of the season time is running out for Newcastle we keep saying this every week but the, it becomes more and more pressing by the very minute I, I sort of disagree with the comment that, that some people say we don't really care about the fixtures I do know that there are some people who just think have got the opinion that you play everyone twice across the course of a season home and away there's 19 opponents it doesn't really matter I understand that but you just have to see the number of people who were on our website this morning and the number of people who are interested in the fixtures there is interest there and I think it's taken on an added importance this year because of the fact that everything else is uncertain at Newcastle it at least gives people something to look forward to even if they can't really put all of their energy into that yet because there is so much uncertainty over Benitez the ownership transfers everything and it's it's it really is frustrating it, te- it, te- it seems to be a yearly occurrence every summer at Newcastle but this one far more than the ones before has felt really draining it's felt deflating compared to the momentum Newcastle should have built up after the Fulham game and if Rab- Rafa Benitez does end up leaving and doesn't sign his new contract then really I think um, there will be a, a lot of negativity on Tyneside you say it, it's draining but is it surprising? Because you look back on the last 12 years, um, ironically, it's, it's 10 years or coming up 10 years um, from the moment when Shearer took Newcastle United down. He, everyone thought he was going to get the job. It was all, you know, yeah, we'll get it sorted straight away. That dragged on. Hutton, you know, obviously took over. Let's be honest, Mike Ashley has a little bit of history of, of not acting the quick the quickest. Newcastle fans shouldn't really be that surprised or would you disagree with that and and actually say well actually we've got Rafa we've got a good spine of players we had a good finish to the end of the season this really ought to have been sorted even before the, the season finished Mike Ashley does have a track record of this but the reason I disagree and that I think that I am surprised is personally if you'd asked me on that final day of the season I wrote this the other day you asked me on the final day of the season as Rafa Benitez walked off the pitch 
at Craven Cottage and sort of waved to the fans, acknowledged them, and they did his post-match press conference. If you'd have said to me then that we'd be more than a month on and Benitez's situation still wasn't sorted either way, now I was, I've always thought that he will stay. Now I'm still, I'm more and more unsure about that, but I've always been of the opinion he would stay. But even if he decided to leave, I would have thought, I very much presumed that something would have been resolved by now. All of the noises from all camps were that they wanted this to be sorted as quickly as possible. Instead, here we are. The takeover situation has certainly uh, muddied the waters. The the fact that the Bin Zaid group have released that well, first their interest came out and then released the two statements, which Newcastle haven't confirmed the veracity of, but neither have they denied the veracity of, um, has really confused matters because Benitez didn't really wasn't really aware of this group, and that is part of the reason I think why he has been reluctant to sign a new deal. He, he obviously has not had the reassurances he wants from Mike Ashley either, but even if he gets them, Mike Ashley may not be owner. So it's a very confused situation. It's far more complex than I think anyone thought it would be a month ago. And at the moment, I really do think that the takeover has to be secondary and that Sorton Rafa Benitez's future out. But unfortunately, the two of them seem to be tied up because Benitez himself is sitting there thinking, well, Mike Ashley may not be owner in a few weeks' time. A lot of people are obviously asking about the takeover. Um, our editor Mark Douglas had the last contact with the group over the weekend. I think it was a, it was a two-word statement. Just simply said, "All good," um, and silence. Obviously, Eid ended last week, and things are starting to pick up again in terms of business over there in the Middle East. But the silence, Chris, at the moment is no news. Good news. Well, I, I've always been of the opinion, and I've, I've written and said this many times, that I think if a takeover is going to happen, the best thing for it is that it isn't played out in the media. So although there were the two statements early on from the Bin Zayed group, hasn't been anything since. So in one sense, I think you could take that as a positive, that hopefully, look, they're actually trying to get something substantive done behind the scenes before they provide any other sort of an update, rather than just continuously speaking. And that could be seen to positive. At the same time, it could be taken the other way, and it could mean that things haven't necessarily moved too far forward, because if you said there was Eid last week um, various other reasons why this may not have gone further forward now my understanding as of the other day was still that the Premier League haven't started the directors and owners test which was incorrectly referred to by the Benzaya group as uh, the fit and proper persons test is what it, what it used to be but it's changed so uh, there has been that they have received the document uh, signed by Mike Ashley's representatives and signed by the Benzaya group which is basically agreeing a price the heads of terms if you like but beyond that, my I haven't had information to say it has progressed forward. That doesn't mean it hasn't. It may not have leaked out, but it seems to be we are as you were in that situation and the discussions are ongoing. My understanding is still that there's at least two other groups who believe they're also on talks with Mike Ashley. So again, this is all a very confused situation. This all adds to the uncertainty to do with Benitez because Benitez, is, it's not only the Benzai group he has to think could be owners, it could be someone else or it could still be Mike Ashley and all of this just really adds to what has been such a frustrating summer and a very difficult one, I have to be honest, to cover from a media point of view because there is so little information and we can't throw anything forward. We can't look too far forward. Now we can because the fixtures are out, but we still we were just discussing before about putting pictures on our articles, what pictures you can go with it because you don't know if Benitez is going to be there come the start of the season. You don't know if Mike Ashley's going to be owner. We're not sure which players are going to be there. So at the moment, it's, it's still very difficult to move things forward, although at least now we know the fixtures. Um, just a couple of questions from our, our viewers here, and we've got a few in for, from uh, email as well. But Ricky Tate says, can you answer me this? Why is it every time it comes to the transfer window we find ourselves up for sale? Is this because it's a way of putting up a smokescreen 
uh, to put off buying players and putting pressure on Rafa. And a few people have asked questions over the last few weeks along similar lines. Is it a smokescreen? Is it a ploy by Mike Ashley to say, well, look, I'm in talks. I don't want to spend any money because I could sell the club next next week. Well, in terms of just the point I corrected and the question itself is there always seems to be up for sale whenever there's, there's a transfer window. The club has been up for sale officially since October 2017, unofficially for far longer than that. So I understand the point, though, that it seems that the takeover speculation ramps up, the chance of it being sold goes up at this stage. And look, there will be some supporters who are always going to have that cynicism. But as we've reported a few times over the last few months, there is what is known as a transfer sorry a takeover window which is basically at a time when it's most likely that a club may be bought or sold and usually that is either November or primarily between sort of April and the end of June whereby someone can take over the club and have an actual impact direct effect uh, in the transfer window itself so that that would be the theory that if a group did take over now hopefully if they've got money behind them they'll be able to invest in the team whereas if you take over in say October there's no way you can actually directly affect the team so before April Newcastle Premier League status wasn't certain so that sort of put off any potentially interested parties for making a substantive bid since then the interest has rekindled or strengthened and that's why we're in this situation now I understand all the cynicism but I do believe that Mike Ashley uh, is ready more ready to sell the club than he's necessarily ever been fingers crossed I'm sure fans would love to wake up and see the headline that Mike Ashley has sold um are you worried Chris though that Rafa Benitez won't sign a new contract what is your what's your gut instinct because time is running out someone did mention actually he could get to June the 30th it could expire it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the end of it you know he, he might have been in contact with certain groups who may end up buying the club um, or both parties may you know have a change of heart and, and come to some sort of agreement on July the 1st you know 2nd or 3rd yeah I mean there is always that possibility it's the same as that that last week with Modi Army sources close to the club were keen to stress that even though Modi Army at the moment is on the list to be released at the end of the season, you could almost have a Peter Lovenkrantz situation whereby he leaves the club in terms of isn't employed by them for a certain period, but then is re-signed on a free transfer this summer. I mean, it looks like he could be moving to Qatar or somewhere else, so that may not happen. But the same applies to Rafa Benitez. He's a free agent as of July the 1st, but that doesn't mean that he couldn't come back to Newcastle. He could sign a contract after that. Um, but I do think that, that the situation needs to be resolved before then. Newcastle needs some sort of clarity, they need some sort of certainty because they need to make progress in the transfer market itself. My gut instinct on Benitez, I've said all along I, I've thought he would stay. I am wavering now because of the fact it's dragged on so long. But what I would say is that A, Benitez was, was there on Monday doing some work. Yes, he was just picking stuff up. It was a routine trip. But if Benitez had had his heart set on definitely leaving, I think he would have just made that clear by now. I think that he is, given the current Newcastle hierarchy and any would-be potential owners, as long as possible to convince them that they can match his ambition and vision for the future. So I do think there is still hope, but with every passing day, it becomes less and less. It does indeed. Well, that's it now for our Facebook Live. If you want to hear the rest of this podcast, it will be available on our website and on iTunes. Just search the Everything is Black and White podcast. Thank you for those who joined us on Facebook Live. And just a quick message to those listening uh we do appreciate your feedback it'd be great if you could subscribe and like us on itunes or spotify or wherever you listen through uh itunes is obviously the big one so please remember to like and subscribe leave us a little review any feedback as well can be sent over to me at andrew.musgrove at reachplc.com we do always like to hear 
from our listeners. Chris, we're going to move on to another touchy subject for Newcastle United fans, understandably. Um, it is season ticket renewal. Uh, the date has been set as 4th of July, which ironically, Independence Day in America. Um, also, price increase in tickets has gone up as well for those not on on, on, a, on, the, on the freeze. And Newcastle United fans are just kind of saying, well, look, give us something to invest in. Show us that you're ambitious. You know, sign Rafa up. Sign a few players. Go out and, and give Rafa what he wants. And, and, and we'll part with our hard-earned cash. Right now, Newcastle United just seems on a, on, a, on a knife edge, on a cliff edge. And it, it the fourth of, as well, the start of the end of this month is, is certainly going to be an interesting one. Yeah, well, I've seen a, a few fans on Twitter posting on fan sites saying that, uh, well, 4th of July, that's four days after Rafa Benitez's current contract is due to expire. So certainly they're going to wait until June the 30th or by a stage where Rafa Benitez uh, actually does sign or not. And that, that is a complicating factor for fans because at the moment, as you say, are thinking, why are we going to spend somewhere between 400 and £900, depending on what your ticket is, 5% increase on average, I think it is across the board, um, for those who ha- aren't on the long-term uh, freeze so, yeah, I fully understand where, where fans are coming from because at the moment they're thinking, well, if Benitez isn't in charge, if there isn't significant investment this summer, if there isn't a takeover, then I could could end up spending several hundred pounds and then going next season and, and not really enjoying it as, as maybe I could. I mean, some fans will go regardless. Some fans, uh, it's what they do. And some fans may even make the decision that if Rafa Benitez leaves, they want to stay. And But the, the lack of clarity really will be affecting... Uh, that at the moment will be affecting people's decisions, impacting upon that. Uh, the one thing I would say is that in general, one thing you can that Mike Ashley, I'm not saying he's got right, but he's done better than elsewhere, is ticket prices throughout his 12 years. They have largely remained quite steady and they are still very competitive compared to a lot of other clubs around the country, particularly those in the southeast. But 5% for those supporters who have that, so it'll be more for some, it'll be less for others um, in terms of the increases. That is a significant amount of money. Um, and for a team who have been battling relegation the last three of the last four seasons, they've been the Premier sorry, four of the last five, they've been the Premier League. Um, yes, they had the championship winning season, but that was second tier football. It is a lot of money and I do understand uh, where fans are coming from and I do think that all of it is tied into the fact that there's so much uncertainty going forward and I can't really blame them for for sitting for the moment thinking we'll sit tight and just leave it a little bit longer. Do you think the hierarchy, as in Lee Charnley, Mike Ashley, potentially throwing Justin Barnes there, but do you think the, the understand just how much Rafa Benitez means to these supporters? Because... You, it's. I don't think it's a stretch to say for most that it will be Rafa Benitez or nothing. I think a lot of people have been pushed to to, to the edge, and I think okay, Twitter isn't a fair representation of of the the fan base. But you know, in the stands you can hear it, in the pubs you can hear it, that Rafa Benitez is that kind of that he is that shining light that at the moment is keeping a lot of fans at James's Park. And it, do you think that the hierarchy kind of underestimate just how much Rafa Benitez as manager? means to these fans? I mean, the, the club insists that they want Rafa Benitez to stay. They've, they've maintained that position all along. They have refused to speak to agents of and intermediaries of, of coaches across Europe who have put themselves forward towards Newcastle to try and say, look, we'll be available uh, if you need a new manager next season. So, 
And I do think that they accept, they recognise to a large degree what Rafa Benitez brings, but at the same time, they are also wedded to this current model that they have. Mike Ashley wants things, the club to, as he puts it, run itself. He wants it to be self-sustainable. He doesn't want to put any further money into that. And that Rafa Benitez wants more than just merely surviving the Premier League, more than just merely mid-table mediocrity or whatever. And so I think that there's... Di- that, that even if they recognise it, it doesn't necessarily tally with uh, or equate to what they want to to achieve in terms of running the club, and they they are sticking seemingly at the moment as, as close to that policy as they can. They're being flexible in a few ways, but nowhere near as flexible enough as to convince Benitez yet that they can match his vision for going forward what he wants from Newcastle United. We've asked you and the other writers to predict the first eight games of the season. There is a predictor on our website, head over to Chronicle Live. For that, basically, as it sounds, you run through the first eight games of the whole uh, Premier League season. Uh, well, all the teams, rather, and it'll give you a nice little table and what have you. Chris, you've done yours. Um, is this done on the basis that Benitez stays at Newcastle? I'll, I'll go into what you've predicted, but is it? Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's very because there's so much uncertainty not only Castle but also I suppose other clubs. We don't know who's going to sign, who's going to leave. Um, yeah, I've, I've I've had to go on the basis that, that that Rafa Benitez will be here. I'm not saying that he is certainly going to be here. I've just for the purposes of of this prediction, I've thought right if Rafa Benitez is here, if there isn't a takeover, if it's the sort of status quo going forward, he's given the budget of sixty odd million as we think he will be any manager would be given for the new season, then that's where I see Newcastle being after eight games. So after eight games, you have them 10th with 11 points. Um, losing, 11 points of Manchester United. Losing to Spurs, losing to Liverpool, and losing to Leicester City. But a draw against Arsenal, a win against Norwich, obviously Tim Krul will most likely be in goal for, the, for them. A uh, win against Brighton, and a draw against Man United. I went against Watford as well. There's Watford in there. I do apologise, Watford in there as well. Um, you sound quite optimistic. Well, I mean, it's 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 very easy for me to do now, two months before the start of, of the new season. Um, and as I say, it it it's a to a certain degree, it's a difficult exercise to do because there is so much uncertainty. That is on the proviso that Rafa Benitez stays. That is on the proviso that someone be it Salomon Rondon or someone of that ilk is playing up front for Newcastle United that is on the proviso that, that reinforcements are made in other positions all of this I really at this stage no, nobody can tell you definitively if that's going to be the case so yeah I'm trying to be as positive as I can in what has been a very negative summer in terms of the, the mood on Tyneside and I fully understand that and it, w- it will become a heck of a lot worse if, if Rafa Benitez does end up leaving but for now, I'm just trying to remain as positive as I possibly can. I mean, from those first eight fixtures last season, I think Newcastle picked up two points. I know they had three after ten. So I'm predicting that they're going to get five times as many points. So a win would be nice for a start because they didn't get any in the first ten last season. So Certainly, it's a bit of a lottery, but you can head over to our website to try your own predictions there. Um, before we get on to questions sent in by our listeners... Have Newcastle United got a plan B? Because time is definitely against Newcastle United. You know, the contract ends 30th of June. The, the players will be back into pre-season on, on the 1st of July. They'll be off to China a few weeks later. 
all the while the transfer window in England opened on I think it was May the 16th closes on August the 8th we've we've said this enough times in these podcasts and, and people have, have, have written the stories as well time really is not in Newcastle United's favour have they got a plan B if on the 30th of June Rafa Benitez walks away and that's it only Lee Charnley and possibly Mike Ashley can answer that question I'd that they have maintained, or the Newcastle United hierarchy have maintained all along that Rafa Benitez is who they want first and foremost. Now, I do think they will have the idea of a manager in mind if Benitez is to go. And, and they have to be honest, and it's been difficult to write this because I know Newcastle fans and we all want Rafa Benitez to stay, but it would be uh, almost negligent if Newcastle United were not considering the possibility of someone else being in charge next season. Rafa Benitez has 17 days left on his contract, I think it is now. So as things stand, Newcastle United aren't going to have a manager as of July the 1st. So there has to be those thoughts in place. Now, have they approached anyone? My understanding is that they haven't or that they haven't done so uh firmly as of yet they haven't had the, the answer either way from Rafa Benitez yet and they want to give him every opportunity to say yes but certainly they have to at least be thinking about if Rafa Benitez does go this is the sort of manager we're looking for this is whether it be they want they want to go for someone who's proven in the Premier League whether they go for someone in the Football League who's an up and come manager whether they go somewhere European whoever it may be they have to have a mo- at least the the type and fit of manager that they would like going forward it's going to be very difficult for anyone if they were to take over from Rafa Benitez um, really 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 difficult but Newcastle have to to at least start thinking about that possibility not act on it yet but at least start thinking about this is the direction we're going to head in and the more this situation drags on the less time and the less managers and coaches who will be available once uh, Rafa Benitez makes a decision either way and if he decides to go then Newcastle could find themselves in a difficult position having to act very late it will certainly be an interesting end to the month on to a few questions in that have been sent in by our listeners um, you know obviously anyone who is listening please feel free to send in the questions well in advance for our next episode which of course will be next week my email is andrew.muscoreachplc.com and we'll pick the best of them We'll, we'll dive straight in, Chris. We've got a few here. I mean, they're kind of all along the same lines, but there's a few interesting ones. Um, Ollie Caldercott uh, asks, has the Bin Zayed group put their reputations on the line by, or put their reputation on the line by producing the two statements? Well, I suppose to a degree, yeah. I mean, there was accusations against Amanda Stavely and PCP Capital Partners that their initial interest was to do, uh, was primarily... Uh, to do with just getting extra publicity. They refute that. They say they were serious about buying Newcastle, and my understanding is there is still potentially an interest behind the scenes have never gone away. Um, and I suppose the Bin Zayed group, the, the same accusation could be levelled at them if a takeover doesn't happen. But they, they to a degree, have put a re- their reputation on the line because they've said that they hope it's going to be completed soon. But the reputation over in... On Tyneside, certainly. Well, they didn't really have a reputation for the majority of Tyneside before they came here. In the Middle East, in Dubai, completely different. My understanding is that they're a well-respected group. He's a well-respected figure. So, yes, potentially they have, but at the same time, they've got all the publicity from it. So, uh, all of this will just... We'll have to wait and see whether they do take over Newcastle United because if they do take over Newcastle United, then they've enhanced their reputation because they've said we were going to do this and then they go and do it. 
His second question, he's got three, but we will answer all three. Um, do you believe Rafa Benitez must know more about the takeover than he's given given on? Surely he wouldn't stay put if he didn't know anything uh, and if Mike Ashley is you know, simply messing around. Well, I was asked this question in the live Q&A conducted yesterday and my understanding is that there, have, there has been indirect contact with interested parties, but not with the Binzai group. So as I keep saying, there are other groups who are interested in Newcastle and, and are trying behind the scenes to, to advance negotiations with Mike Ashley's representatives. Um, so the Binzide group have, have made intimations that they would want to keep Rafa Benitez, but there's been no direct contact there. Now, I think part of Benitez is late waiting for as long as possible to the end of his contract to see if that happens. And if something does happen materially there, then that can influence things. But he, at the same time, he's such a smart man that I think he realises you can't just wait and hope on the whim that a takeover is going to happen. So he is still uh, in talks with Newcastle in terms of they have an offer on the table and he's still trying to extract as much as he can from the current hierarchy because even if he thinks a takeover may happen, he's been in this position many times before where takeovers have seemingly been in the offing and then haven't happened anyway. Uh, and the final question from Ollie is how many signs do you believe the club need and how many signs do you believe Rafa Benitez would like this summer? My understanding is Rafa Benitez wants about half a dozen signings. Uh, he wants cover at wing back slash uh, left back, uh, another midfielder, a winger to replace Kennedy, obviously who's gone. Two strikers, be well, then one of them would be Rondon if you get him, but another backup striker on top of that, and then a potentially another you, attacker, another but, goalkeeper as well. But you would argue, though, even with that, because Jocelyn looks like he's set to leave, Dwight Gale doesn't look like he's got a future, at least in a Benitez, and even if Dwight Gale was still in a Benitez, you're still, that's only two first-team strikers, so even bringing in two, you haven't got an option if Rondon gets injured, suspended, what but have New, you. And Newcastle only play, and I do agree that that if, if Rondon had been injured last season, Newcastle would have been in a, in a whole heap of trouble. But they only play, if it's the current system, they only play a one-out-and-out striker. You have other players who could play as a false nine, if you like, or as attacking it. Muto is, I haven't seen the best from yet, but he's versatile, can play that. Almiron's versatile, can play up front. Perez, obviously, we don't know if he's still going to be here next season, but he is someone who can play in that attacking role. Richie could be moved a bit further forward. Atsu's there. So, really, I think you would ideally like three out and out strikers, but two is, 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 is his target for now because you have to. I think he he knows that the way that Newcastle United work to 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 go in and see once eleven players as I think he did at one point uh, last summer. It's just unfortunately not going to happen. So yeah, I think I think half a dozen minimum, but that depends on incomes and outcomes. Because if 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 the likes of Isaac Hayden goes, if Jose Perez goes, then maybe you need to add another one or two to that list as well. Now mm-hmm. uh, Newcastle just just adding to that the Newcastle hierarchy themselves. One thing they want to start doing going forward, the way that they would like to move it to, is that Newcastle make two or three, they would see it as big signings a year and not have as, as much of a turnover as players of players going forward. Now, Benitez's opinion is that at the moment, the way that the squad is, the way that you need to develop, there is going to be a significant turnover of players for at least the next year or two, whereas Newcastle would rather prioritise. It's what they wanted both the two summers when when after promotion and that was part of the contention that Newcastle insist that they would there was money there to spend and they would have spent it on the quote-unquote right players so players under the age of 26 with sell-on value who who they think are real quality 
Whereas Benitez thought, well, we don't have enough depth in the squad. I need more players than that as well. So there's that sort of contention as well going forward. But there, is that not the issue? The word sell on value. Benitez doesn't want to see a sell on value. Uh, Newcastle United fans don't want to see a sell on value. What they want to see is a player come in and that player stay and Newcastle build and, and go and challenge for whether it be top 10, a cup, in top 8, what have you. You know, but if you look at Benitez's history at Liverpool, and I know we're talking about a totally different time, totally different pot of funds, but very rarely did he spend big, you know, in terms of 2004, 2005, that kind of era, and sell them on. You know, you look at Dirk Kout, for instance, very nearly joined Newcastle, ironically enough, and he was there for a long while. He cost a lot of money in terms of back then, and Benitez held on to him, and he did that with a lot of players. You know, it wasn't a case of we keep him for two years, we, we build his value up and sell him on. You know, you can see the issue from your Castle United fans' point of view. You, you can, yeah, but it, I'll just come back to the, It's just a simple answer for me is that, unfortunately, Meg Ashley is not going to run the football club in any different way. To Meg Ashley, spending big money requires Newcastle to do so on players he thinks could be sold on for bigger value. It's all about the, the bottom line for Meg Ashley at the end of the day, and unfortunately, as long as he's owner, I don't see that changing. We'll stick with transfers. Uh, it's quite an interesting one, I think. Alex Housen says, with everything regarding management and the ownership so up in the air right now, should we take every transfer story with a huge pinch of salt or is there some weight in any of them? Um, I mean, I know I wrote a story on, on Wesley Moraz. You know, you know, he's a player that Newcastle looked at. From what I've been told, we're, we're leading the race at one point, especially towards the end of last season. Benitez was a big fan. Um sources close to, to, to the player now suggest that actually Newcastle have fallen way behind simply because of all this uncertainty I know you you know, have several you know, stories you know, Newcastle are interested in it and that interest is real you know, we're not just picking these out of thin air are we you know, these, uh, the sources we speak to and you know, the interest it is real but it is hampered now by this uncertainty it is I mean even I mean this is a unique situation in Newcastle are in in terms of the the uncertainty over the takeover and the certainty over Benitez's future but every single transfer window anyway there are a lot of rumours that come out that Newcastle get linked to certain players and it, it can be very difficult sometimes to to really find the root form of, of where that's come from because Newcastle have a list of uh, the recruitment team have very very long lists of players they track so at some point they've watched those players but has that turned into interest It's v- and sometimes they'll speak to agents and just say Rafa Benitez or someone at Newcastle may say, "Look, we need a left back. Can you go and can you can you get a potential few names?" And so the agent will give them a few names. Those names are being passed on to Newcastle United, but have Newcastle United actually shown an interest in them? And so some of these names leak out, and and that's why during the transfer windows you will always see some very left field things. You'll always see some ones who really Newcastle were never at all close to signing. But at some stage, there's been a conversation somewhere where it's we're watching this player, or you should look at this player, or whatever, and. Does it make them? It doesn't mean they've been a top target of Newcastle, but they've someone who who they've considered. I mean, just the, for example, when Islam Samani came in that that January window, Newcastle had a list of sixty odd strikers at the start of of the January window who they were trying to whittle down through. So, in theory, they were all targets at some stage, but were they all realistic targets? Were they all people that really really did try and get? And so, at the minute, we are in that situation where there is some of that, but also the fact that. 
with Rafa Benitez's future uncertain. Newcastle, my understanding is someone like Hostelier may leave, but any important decisions on inc- on big big incomings, so first team players, um, not those who are surplus to requirements, and on incomings, all those decisions are being postponed really until the managerial situation is resolved, because Benitez will want different players to someone else. If Rondon, uh, Newcastle will not sign Solomon Rondon if Rafa Benitez is not manager. I can almost guarantee that. Uh, but if Benitez is manager, they may look to pursue that. They may look to go and bring that, bring him in. So Benitez has players he's watched. The recruitment team have players they've watched. There's players who Benitez would prefer to sign. There's players who Newcastle United hierarchy would prefer to sign. There's those who they both would like to sign. All of this, there are players that have shown an interest in. There are players who have done the background checks on. But in terms of actually making a transfer happen, until Benitez is future sorted, that just isn't going to be the case. On to well, back to the takeoff. I feel like we're in like a little small room, bouncing a ball off a wall. Um, it's so we've got um, Alex Coates asking, "Do you feel a lack of communication from the club and recent lack of communication from the Binzai Group is a good thing when it comes to the takeover?" Well, I sort of answered this question before to a degree that from the Binzaid group's point of view until actually something substantive happens be that that agreement actually is concluded and by that I mean get beyond the heads of terms and actually draw up a proper contract then I think their silence probably is is positive from Newcastle United's point of view you could maybe say it's a positive if something is happening but what has been frustrating is that there has there's been no clarity on on the situation. So Bizarre Group have made have made claims within their statements. Newcastle haven't been able to stand them up or indeed knock them down. So we don't know if that really is the case. They've confirmed the Bizarre Group have held discussions with Mike Ashley. They've confirmed that the statements they've made, excuse me, sorry, are actually genuine. But beyond that, no one. So yes, in theory, that could be seen as a positive sign. It could mean things are happening, but. There wasn't really too many statements in December either when it looked like Peter Kenyon was getting closer to taking over the club. The only one that came out was Mike Ashley in off-the-cuff interview actually really raised the idea that there could be a takeover even more by by the statements that he made. So I, I think it's difficult to read too much into that. Daniel Kane has written more of a, a rant. I mean, he, he's also called that than, than a question. So I'm just going to try and pick through it, his, his, his kind of email to us here. Um, and I suppose the interesting bit here is that um, he does ask, and I'm just going to read it kind of word for word here. Uh, his main problem is Rafa, and he asks, why is he not signing if he knows there's a takeover? Because then he's, he's saying, well, why doesn't he just sign the, sign the deal and then see what happens if the takeover comes, he can sign a new deal? I understand, I understand that point, but the, the the issue is that we don't know if there's going to be a takeover. So... There, it, there's a proposed potential takeover. You, the Benzai Group are saying it, but but I understand, I understand the point because do you think he's waiting. A, do you think Rafa's waiting? I don't think he's only. I think that 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 part of him will be waiting to a degree. But as I said earlier, I don't think that he can just. I think he's he knows that it's something he has no control over. So he can't just just wait and only buy time. I think the reason that he hasn't signed is at the moment the terms that have been offered to him, not in terms of personal terms, but in terms of what he can do. Uh, with Newcastle United, wages, transfer budget, transfer policy, he hasn't yet received the assurances he wants. So he doesn't want to sign a contract that if there isn't a takeover, he is then tied into a deal that he really doesn't want to be 
in. So I think that's the main issue, that he hasn't had any assurance from any side which has yet given him the comfort to think, yes, I can sign this. I suppose there then the question would be that obviously he's he's spoken to Newcastle United, they've sat down, they've thrashed out whatever deal this may be. Surely... At some point, you would, you would imagine that the whole takeover has come up in conversation because he's going to go, well, look, are you selling, aren't you selling? I mean, do you think he's asked Mike Ashley Charlie that question? Are you going to be in charge in a month's time? That, there will undoubtedly have been a conversation regarding the takeover. I mean, my understanding was that when the Benzai Group's interest first came up, it was news to Benitez in terms of that he did that name in particular, their interest wasn't mentioned to him specifically in uh, the meetings that he the meeting that he had with Mike Ashley and Lee Charnley. But Benitez is aware that there's been interest. He is aware of other groups' potential interests. So yes, that is a consideration he's had and certainly there will have been some sort of dialogue there. But at the same time, until the club is actually sold, there's only so much that Mike Ashley and Lee Charnley can actually tell him because they can say, yeah, we are looking to sell and hopefully we won't be here next month. But at the moment... That is the situation we're in. Can't go and see. And and to finish off, Stephen Locke has sent a question in. Um, I mean, a lot of there's a few people on social media suggesting that this is just one big PR stunt from Mike Ashley. Um, others, the other extreme ends in you know it's it's Keith Bishop pulling the strings of the press. Um, Stephen Locke says, does Mike Ashley enjoy creating and causing controversy and upsetting Newcastle United fans? I mean that isn't the case neither is it the case that you know Keith Bishop is pulling the strings of, of the of, of the press covering you cast United um, can, can you understand the fan scepticism though I do understand the fan scepticism the summer we are extremely cynical about everything that Mike Ashley and the club do and I, I do understand that from everything that's been and happened over the last 12 years but I, do I think that Mike Ashley deliberately tries to antagonise fans no I don't and the primary reason why I say that is I just don't think he cares enough I don't think I think part of the issue over the last few months my understanding is because of everything that happened with Debenhams Mike Ashley is barely even really registered as Newcastle Newcastle United is is, is he is in the hands of, of his legal team and his lawyers and, and the people who are in control of selling it, and he wants them to, to be able to get it off his hands. For him, the focus at the moment is on his core businesses, and so I don't think he cares enough to antagonise fans. He doesn't want to put any more money into Newcastle. He certainly doesn't want to do that, but he isn't He it just it, it isn't high enough on his list of priorities in terms of what he wants sorted at the moment for him to actively do anything like that. As for the PR stunt claims, no, I, I, I just don't. I, I don't believe. I personally don't believe that until the club's sold. That there are always going to be those accusations. But I do think that, as I said earlier on in the podcast, I think we are at a closer stage than we have been before in terms of him being in a mental place where he is ready to sell the club. So hopefully that turns out to be the case. But wanting to sell the club and actually doing it are two different things indeed and just to finish off I sound like a stuck record Newcastle United still haven't commented on, on either Benitez's future or uh, the takeover links your appeal to them to do so well my appeal to them on the Benitez front is to, to get it sorted give him if he needs more reassurances give him them and make sure that they get him signed up in terms of on the takeover it would be nice for everyone to have some sort of clarity, just some sort of information that, yes, the Binzai group, or yes, someone else is in discussions, but we don't want to reveal who they are or what's going on. But basically, that is why 
because if they came out and said that that's why certain things aren't happening, then people may begin to understand it. I would, it would be nice to have some sort of clarity either way, because at the moment, it really is just adding to the confusion and uncertainty. Indeed, and that's, Chris, is it? That is our 10-minute podcast, plus 35 minutes or so. That's typical you, really, isn't it? So. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast, to whichever platform, and also hit us up on Twitter at the EIBW podcast and also on Instagram at Chronicle NUFC. And remember to head over to our website, chroniclelive.co.uk. Keep up to date with all the latest Newcastle United news. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.